This show is brought to you by listeners and viewers like you. EvanX.com Tesla Accessories, our TeslaOwnersOnline.com community, and our Patreon supporters at Patreon.com slash TeslaOwnersOnline. Welcome, everybody, to the Tesla Owners Online program, show, podcast, whatever the heck you want to call it. Episode 101. Today's April 15th, 2021. And uh, it's the first show without Eric. Uh, Eric will be returning as a regular guest on occasion, but I thought we'd bring on my usual guest, Ian Pavelko, onto the show, but also Earl, Earl uh, of Front Puppy on Twitter. You might note him as his, his handle's 28 delays later, but uh, Earl is, I would say, absolutely the funniest Tesla related. Twitter account ever. Now, if you guys have been following us for like a long time since the early days, Earl was onto the show, uh, you know, a couple, three episodes we had him. So it's been a while and I thought it would be fun to have him back on again, talk about Tesla news and uh, we'll get in some FSD stuff as well because Earl is in the uh, in the beta test system for he FSD. Is. So maybe we can get some some information from him. How, how you been, Earl, anyways? Oh my gosh. Hey, Trevor, Ian, thank you for having me back on. This is wonderful. Thanks. It's been forever. I can't believe how... Time flies, you know? Well, you know, it's, pandemics it's will do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, great to be back. Thanks. Excellent. Great. Well, we, uh, we're certainly happy about having you back on. Anyways, before we get into the big stuff, I thought we'd just cover just a little bit of Tesla news. It's been a little quiet, and that's why we do the show every uh, couple of weeks or whatever, but uh, we have some, some good stuff to talk about. And I'm going to share my screen here so that everybody gets a chance to see what we're talking about. We're going to go over here like this. Okay. So the first article here, and uh, if you've been <laughs> missing a little bit, Tesla has increased the prices of the Model 3 yet again. So uh, yeah. the SR Plus and the uh, oh. all-wheel drive have gone up 500 bucks. Bankruptcy. The uh, performance car has gone up 1000 bucks. Uh, and, and I don't know where this is coming from. You know, 500 bucks. I mean, you know, for a car with good profit margins, I would think personally that's something you can probably eat. Um, you know, there's some shortage of demand for these cars and we're literally at the start almost of another quarter. So I don't think it's really a demand thing in terms of pushing, um, you know, for these cars. They can't make enough Model Ys for crying out loud. They've been making them for just over a year now and they still haven't ramped up production 100%. So I don't know what's going on. Any thoughts, guys? I mean, this, this I, I hate price increases. I'm wondering, and I don't know if this is true, but... I remember as the uh, U.S. tax credit was kind of phasing out, I know they started to kind of lower the prices to make it a little less painful. And I'm wondering if maybe they're doing a little bit of the opposite now with wondering if they're getting a tax credit back at some point and then maybe starting to bump the prices up so that, you, you know, like uh, kind of make up a little profit off that. I don't know. But I mean, I would only cover the U.S. So it, it is a it is a bit of a theory because, of course, the Biden administration is looking at reinstigating, um, you know, another uh, tax credit for owners, buyers, not Tesla. So right. this could be a I don't know. I mean, somebody would say exactly like you're saying. I mean, it's an opportunity for them to make an extra five hundred bucks or thousand bucks here and there. But who knows? But uh, I don't know. And I I was hoping to have that chart, and I couldn't seem to find it. Somebody has been. Um, um, tracking the Tesla prices over the last couple, three years, and it's it's all over the map. I mean, the, the thing is, is that dealers change prices all the time, right? There's always, mm -hmm. you know, employee purchase programs, and the thing about dealers is that you can go in buy a car, and then a week later you can come in, and you might pay a, a different price. It depends on your negotiation skills. So price changes are not uncommon in the car industry. It's just, I mean, Tesla just... Every, well, every it's week visible. Like, yeah, it's visible, and it's like it's every visible. week there's another price change, so... 
Right. Be- exactly because of the, the reason you described, Trev, because you're not, you know, it's not going on secretly in the behind doors in the showroom. It's happening live out front with the MSRP of the car, which is not the case. You know, most traditional OEMs lock in an MSRP for the year, but it's meaningless because that's not what you're ever going to pay for the car. Here, the fluctuations. I I was kind of surprised that it didn't bump slightly when they added, you know, some cool content like the uh, the heat pump and um, the electric uh, tailgate lift, you know, these are not cheap items. So I sort of would have expected it then. Maybe they decided to ride it out for a little bit, and now that's coming home to roost. And the other thing I'm thinking is, just because I know in my own industry, we are paying through the nostrils for freight right now. Like anything in in transoceanic freight has gone, like, completely astronomically through the roof, like up sometimes 20 30%, and that really hit us hard. So if you're bringing in, you know, significant amounts of parts – from anywhere overseas, uh, or if you're shipping the car overseas, you know, and your cost of freight to get it out is going up. So uh, that's a good possibility. Whichever way, yeah, I, yeah. I got to think there's there's a lot of stuff going in the background. Um, suppliers are under tremendous strain for raw materials in a lot of cases. We all know with electronic mm-hmm. chips and a whole bunch of other things. So maybe it's a combination of all these factors. That's the only thing I can come up with. Okay, that well, sense. that makes sense if you think about it like that. Um, I mean, some people would also talk about the you know, the, the situation with the exchange rate, um, obviously the U S dollar has depreciated somewhat, um, you know, for us being in Canada, you know, the Tesla prices are still reflecting 40 cents on the dollar when right now it's only 25. And a lot of people are asking, well, why, ha- why yeah. hasn't Tesla adjusted the prices? I mean, we're paying this huge premium. I mean, you can't tell me that it costs that much more to do business up here, especially in 2013, when Tesla first started out, dollar was at par. And yeah. that was the best time to buy a Tesla. Model S was the only thing that was available at the time and stuff. It was basically right at par. So we've seen them do it before. It's just like, why is it taking them so long to do it now? But anyways, maybe that's a story for another day. Hmm. All right. Well, let's move on. We're going to show you uh, another screen. And I shouldn't stop sharing here. Uh, just move on to our next story. This was a big one that broke today. Matchbox. Woohoo! Uh, are introducing a series of sustainable um Matchbox cars, uh, including a Tesla, and not just any Tesla, but the new Roadster. Now, they're calling it a 2020 Roadster. I don't know why they're doing that, because it's, <laughs> it's 2021, and we still haven't seen this damn thing. Come on, now. <laughs> um, interestingly, it looks like it's uh, white uh, to begin with. Who knows if they're going to introduce other colors down the road. This will go on sale in 2022. Uh, I did a few tweets on this today. It's it's actually really quite nice. Ian, you you had a little fun with us today. I saw your tweet talking about off road wheels. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I'm that guy, it's like you know, there's like a little one inch poke of the in scale of of the wheel and tire out the fender, and it's got this really knobby tread on it. So I thought, <laughs> here we go. There's an off road package coming. You heard it here here first, kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so there, Mattel is, uh, is, is, uh, doing something interesting with this because they're getting into sustainable packaging now too, to kind of tie the two in. So the Roadster is going to have 62.1 recycled sink, 36.9% recycled plastic parts and 1% stainless steel and the, uh, uh, the packaging as well. So they have compostable, like this, this picture that I'm putting up for the, for those of you watching on YouTube here, you can see they've got some compostable packaging and a, Am I the only one that box. thought it looked like it came in like sort of a, I thought it was a soap in, bar. It's like, exactly. I thought it was oh, built yeah. into a soap the, bar. It's like, first rule of Fight Club, don't talk about Fight Club, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it looks like they're also going to have maybe some other uh, gas station play sets with chargers. So if you, um, they got this picture here. Unfortunately, I can't zoom in. Um, it looks like one of the kids was playing with it and it looks like it plugs in. So it looks like they're going to have a gas station possibly with, uh, with chargers as well. 
And cool. part of the collection, a little bit later, they're going to have a BMW i3, an i8, a uh, Nissan Leaf, and it looks like the other one there is, um, I can't make that out. Is that a, um, the yellow one? Is that a Model 3 like the taxis? Or is that a uh, Prius? I think that's a Prius. I think it is, yeah. It looks like a Prius. Yeah. And the delivery truck on the back is one of those, um, uh, what's that company called? Gosh darn it, I should have done the research. It's that delivery truck, that Amazon, I think. It, it, is that the Rivian one? Yeah, Rivian builds so. it for them. Okay. Anyways, I think so. That's what it looks like. So it looks like they're going to have a whole series available in 2022. Yeah, here's uh, here's part of the gas station. So it looks like that's a, definitely a charger there in the back. Gas station? Yeah. Did well, you say gas station? Well, I said gas station. It shows diesel. Yeah. And that one in the corner is definitely a charger. And the price is $3.49. I think that's $3.49. Is that what gas costs in Ohio right now, Earl? You know what? I don't even know. I'm so glad to say that. <laughs> it was a trick question. That was the whole point. I really, I just, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, lots of fun. The kids are going to like it, but us adults are really going to like this. It looks like they're going to have a whole set minus the Roadster here in its own little packaging. So you'll be able to buy, you know, five of them in a package. So anyways, looking forward to that. Maybe I should start collecting a few more of these. Yeah. So uh, no pricing at this point, but obviously, uh, you know, what do they run? About a dollar and a half, two bucks at the most for most of these. So. Shouldn't be too expensive for the people that really uh, that want that. Um, I don't have any pictures to talk about this, but maybe we can uh, talk about it right now. Uh, we still haven't seen the refreshed Model S and the Model X. It looks like it is uh, delayed. Um, some of the people that have um, heard from Tesla Communications, it looks like it might be even as far as June or July for these cars now. I was reading on Reddit earlier today, and I don't have a link for it, but it looks like uh, Tesla's having some problems at the factory getting some electrical stuff, uh, permits for electrical uh, things on their production lines. So it mm. looks like they've been failing some um, some in electrical inspections. So that could be pot potentially contributing to the delays. Personally, I think it's also a mix of software. I mean, we did see that these cars, pre-production units, had some slightly different looking software. So everybody's talking about, is this the fabled version 11? Because version 11 is way overdue by all by historical accounts. By now, we should have had version 11. So I think there's it's a mix of several different things. Um, still no consensus whether these cars are going to ship with the round steering wheel or the yoke. Uh, NTSB has been, not the NTSB, NHTSA, I should say, National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration, um, hasn't said yay or nay at this point i know some time ago they were like oh, hold on tesla let's have a little talk here and since then we haven't heard anything any thoughts on that guys no um i <laughs> no it's it's pretty amazing to me because elon really said this thing was on its way out right like, like well, february like, you know delivers in february so um you got to think that whatever went wrong was probably kind of abrupt or uh, re really had to push it back pretty far so it's hard to think about what that would would be. I'm, I'm really kind of baffled by the whole thing. I mean, I'm confident this is going to be worked out soon and they'll be rolling out, but um, I don't know if we'll ever get the story. Um, most likely not the straight story. Tesla's kind of coy that way, but uh, <laughs> the bottom line is mm -hmm. that uh, they're certainly behind on delivering these cars. Um, we always saw the numbers for Q1. I mean, it's been all carried on the back of uh, 3 and Model Y, so stellar numbers. So it's not like the X and the, and the S being delayed or are affecting the bottom line, um, you know, at this point, uh, obviously they'll want to bring those cars online to generate even more revenue because there's tons of demand, tons of pent up demand for yeah. these cars. So um, if they can bring it out in due time, Q2, hopefully, you know, even into Q3 and Q4, we should see some significant 
uh, profit margins and uh, mm -hmm. some good some good financials from Tesla at that point. By the way, Earl, what's uh, what's Tesla trading at today? What they close at? I mean, you monitor this stuff like crazy. <laughs> Put on the spot. I don't even know anymore. Uh, it's showing three fifty eight eighty five right now. Seven thirty eight. Seven seven thirty eight. Seven thirty eight. That sounds my, right. My dyslexia kicking in there. All right, so it looks like it's recovered a little bit, but uh, not from the highs of like over what it was about three months ago, five months. Oh yeah, just uh, from a from well, we were waiting for them to break the seven hundred. Yeah, we were waiting yeah. for them to break seven hundred for like the longest time. So oh, uh, still looks good, still good. We're in the we're in the black. Yeah. All right, so that covers some of the Tesla news. I think that we should uh, uh, talk about at this particular. Actually, maybe uh, maybe we'll talk about the Neuralink monkey real quick. Uh, you guys seen the Neuralink monkey playing Pong? Isn't this nuts? I love that monkey. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's amazing what they're doing. Like to even think of, to watch it and think about it, it's incredible. You know, yeah, like so using they, his mind and playing Pong. So they've taught this monkey uh, with a Neuralink implant to to play Pong, and uh, he's not blowing into a tube. For those of you watching on YouTube, he's getting a uh, banana smoothie apparently, and that's the reward mechanism that they're using. So uh, obviously this made the news, and there's lots of talk going on. But by the way, they have a um, a blog interface or a, a blog interface. They have a a blog post on their website. You can read about how they achieved this and stuff, and uh, talking about the humans and the monkeys interacting. And the monkeys are not heard or anything like that. No monkeys were were heard in the in the process of of doing this neuralink thing. So, anyways, um, I think Elon went on to say that there is going to be a very good possibility that they will be able to um, have it so that people can interact with their cell phones, mobile phones, using this this function. Again, still a little science fiction right now. They don't have FDA approval to do this in humans, but um, hopefully if everything goes well, they'll be able to start doing some basic stuff. So it's, yeah. it's still interesting. Oh, <laughs> I, don't know if I'd be on, I don't know if I would be on the, uh, on, on the list to, to, to get the no. implant. But, <laughs> but you know there'll be a line of people give it a try well yeah yeah I, i'm just thinking about the fantastic benefit for people with disabilities my, oh my god, god this is going to be yeah. life-changing yeah, yeah parkinson's oh my gosh i mean if, yeah. They can, yeah. if they can take care of that i mean poof, that's just that's just nuts all right so i think at this point we're going to spend a little bit of time here and talk about fsd uh, still the talk of the town because a we still don't have fsd beta in wide release b we don't have the button yet and subscriptions looks like are coming so Let's try and break this down a little bit. So first of all, some people on Twitter were asking Elon, what is the status of the FSD subscription? Because Elon and Tesla have basically confirmed that they're going to have uh, an FSD subscription. And it looks like it is going to be coming sometime in May. Uh, the hope was sometime in April this month, obviously been pushed back. Um, so Elon basically said that uh, the FSD subscription was going to be about the same timing, which is uh, going to be next month. Uh, let's see here. Maybe I got this stuff uh, a little out of order here because there's another tweet here I got to bring up. Hold on. Okay. So maybe we should do it in this 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 area here. So the FSD subscription was uh, FSD beta was going to be launching in May, but Elon said the button timing in May is aspirational. It depends on how well limited beta of version nine goes. Because right now it's what what are you at right now? Eight point three euro. Eight point two. Eight point two. Okay. Yep. Uh, but he says it would he he would be surprised if the wide beta is later than June. The FSD subscription next month is a, is definitely a sure thing. So we know it's definitely coming. Um, later on, we will answer some viewer and listener questions, and one of them was asking about what we expect the price to be. So maybe we'll cover that a little bit later. But it looks like uh, my my takeaway from this whole FSD thing is that um, even though we've seen lots of improvements, and I've been watching lots of the videos, obviously, 
Um, this is <laughs> this is a harder nut to crack than they thought. Um, Earl, what can you say about FSD? You're in the FSD beta program. You're allowed to post on Twitter. Yeah. So obviously, you have some stuff that you can say, maybe some other stuff Absolutely. you can't. So yeah, what are I, your thoughts? I think, um, so I got in in November, um, and it's changed tremendously since then. So we got to see a lot of progress early on. Just, um, I'll give you an example. Like, for example, like the way it would take a left turn at a light. Um, initially, it would kind of stutter and stop, and it would make it, right? But it was, yeah. didn't bring a lot of confidence. And you had to kind of really pay attention. Uh, now, um, it drives me to work almost every day. Uh, I'm not intervening. It's doing things. And, 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 and sometimes really bad, it blows my mind at how smoothly it drives and does things and takes turns. You know, it's not perfect and you need to pay attention. But um, it is now a usable function where if I drive my wife's Model X, I miss beta. You know, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I got to like turn at this red light. You, know, you get spoiled really fast. So it's gone from... There's a lot of anxiety in the beginning and like hyper alertness and really intervening a lot. And now it's definitely, it reminds me of, you remember when like nav on autopilot first rolled out and yeah. there, it was kind of squirrely. Um, and at this point it's, it's pretty solid and it's, it's closer to that now where it's weird to intervene in most normal um, driving circumstances on my commute It's about half highway and half kind of, you know, smaller rural roads and red lights. Um, now if I take it into town, into Dayton, and I'm trying to do every single weird left, right hand turn, merge and do everything else, I'm going to have to take over from time to time. Sometimes just because I'm being overly cautious as they tell you to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and other times because I'm not really sure what it's going to do. Um, the biggest thing is, and I think this is a setting that they have, it's just too cautious. So like it'll go and then it'll kind of go too slow. So um, it's not um, what you would do if you were driving. You'd probably go a little faster. So I'm usually hitting the accelerator and it'll do things correctly. But, um, you know, I, I stop posting videos for the most part because honestly, they're boring. I mean, it's really just driving me to work and not having any problems. So. Yeah, I think it's one of those cases yeah. is like you got to be there in person to really appreciate what it's actually doing. Like videos yeah. just don't, don't, don't do it justice, yes. right? Absolutely. Um, it, it's, uh, it's, it's really good. Um, I would, would have been surprised though, if they rolled it out when he first talked about the button, it just seems like there's still too many probably errors and edge cases and you're going to give it to everybody and everybody's going to put it on YouTube. And as you could see, somebody trolled through every single beta video, found every bad thing and stitched together a video. So it would be that yeah. As Elon would say, exponential, right? It would just be mm -hmm. every bad thing that would happen. And it would really give an uh, inaccurate view of what it's like. It's it's probably not as good as some videos depict, but it's certainly not as bad as some videos depict. It's <laughs> yeah. pretty boring and in the middle, you know. <laughs> like you nothing know, crazy happens, you know, but uh it's but the sad like, thing oh, is take over, but it's no big deal. The, the sad thing is you'd figure we're, we're savvy enough with social media being around long enough that you know that everything's exaggerated when you see all these horrific things stitched together. It's oh, like, yeah. spend 10 minutes watching Russian dash cam videos. <laughs> I mean, oh, right. if I had hair, it would set it on fire. Right. <laughs> And this is like everyday occurrences, you know, so yeah. you can't come to me with a couple of little weird things that FSD is doing, telling me it's the end of the world, you know, like, come yeah. on. That, yeah. that is a perfect example. That's exactly how it is. And, 
Um, you know, like I said, most of the miles I put on FSD are just completely boring and there's really not much going on, but you know, every once in a while, you're just a little curious and you want to take over. You're not sure what it's doing, but um, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm amazed by it. Um, I was, I was a fairly big skeptic of FSD, just kind of the way Elon has talked about it over time. And then even, you know, having autopilot, having to have an autopilot to, to, to picture that jump to that next level where I'm going to like hop in the back seat and let this guy, like, I just didn't see it ever happening until I got beta and, and saw the progress. I'm like, okay, they're going to get this. I don't know when or how or how fast, but they're, they're, you, it's clearly going to get there. Um, and I'm for this next rewrite. I'm a little bummed about it because apparently 8.3 had a lot of fixes, he said, and we'll never see because um, we're going to skip it. But um, the next one's going to be a totally different animal. So I, I don't know what, I, you know, I don't know what to expect, but whatever it is, it'll, I'm sure, get better. So I have, so I have a question for you. Right now, FSD beta, uh, in order to initiate it, you have to be out on the street pointed in the right direction. Like you can't be in like parked in a, in a lot and then press the button where it will back out much like summon and then do the drive. Yeah, it won't, um, it won't go backwards, um, but it will, if I pull up a little bit in my driveway and I'm going the right direction, it'll turn on and then take me out of my driveway and okay. turn. Okay. And um, when I get to work, it's kind of a bummer because I, I, everybody knows I work on a military base and you can't really film on there. And there's so much of my drive that once I get on base, it's all these little turns and everything to get to my parking lot. And mm -hmm. I don't film any of it because well, obviously um, it gets concerns. a little bit squirrely. But um, it's uh, pretty much uh, from the time I leave my home until work, I stop because they check gate. It does not understand IDs at gates. It would drive right through there. Um, <laughs> and okay. then we'd pop up the barricades and it would be a mess. But um, so I stop for that. But otherwise, it, most days it, it just drives me to work. So That's awesome. it's, it's amazing. Which brings me to something that you mentioned a little bit earlier about paying attention. Um, I mean, everybody who has autopilot or even FSD knows at this point that Tesla has a nag screen that comes up every 15 to 20 seconds. Um, now, the video that I'm going to play here, I'm not going to play any sound. I'll just show you a very, very short clip is by a uh, Tesla account um, who goes by the name Green. And I've invited him on the show, but he prefers to stay a little anonymous. <laughs> I get that. Um, he's an incredible um, hacker, if you will, oh gosh, uh, yeah. who really knows his stuff when it comes to FSD and the autopilot computer. And he was the first to divulge the fact that Tesla is actually implementing driver monitoring in these cars in shadow mode. Now, the video you're going to see here, a little short clip. I apologize for those of you who are listening on the podcast in the audio format. You have to go to the YouTube channel to see what we're doing here. But he's actually overlaid in this video what the the camera now all of the model threes and the model y's and soon the x's and the x uh, x's that have been refreshed have this uh camera facing inside the cabin and he was able to uh, uh to film i think it's himself but he won't say um anyways sitting in the car and trying various things including holding a picture of elon to see if he can foil the camera including himself or a person um, holding so a phone and showing an overlay of what the uh, uh, autopilot prediction is actually seeing. So right here, I'm just going to play the video a little bit. You guys can watch. So you can see here he's uh, he's playing with his phone. Phone use is showing 100%. He puts the phone away, and then it goes like phone use now drops down to like 6%. So obviously the phone, the the... Uh, the driver monitoring system is looking for things like paying attention, whether you're using phones. In this case here, it's saying, uh, are the drivers up? 
which way is he looking, which way is the head, is the head down, um, whether the camera is uh, blinded, sunglasses. So there's a bunch of predictions, and he's been playing with it. Maybe I can fast forward here and show you some other stuff that he was doing. So he was sitting in the other passenger seat here and showing the phone, mm -hmm. just trying various different things. So it's definitely detecting that there's definitely a phone where the driver should be, even though he's not sitting in the driver's seat. You you got to find the clip where it's the picture of Elon being yeah, held. Yeah, no, that's right here. Here, uh, well, okay. that's that's possibly himself there. He had another one here with Elon. Let me just see if I can find. It. Here, here it is, right there. He's holding up picture of Elon. <laughs> so there driver eyes nominal, phone right. use two percent. Yeah. Anyways, it's a really clever video. I'll put a link in the video description. You guys want to check it out. But definitely, Tesla is working on driver monitoring for um, FSD. Now, uh, like I said, it's most likely in uh, shadow mode at this point. And, uh, you know, when they posted this, I, I, I had the comment on this on Twitter. I said, you know what? I would take driver monitoring over the NAG screen any day of the week. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, and I, I know our I'll friend Alex Roy who's a very big promo proponent of yes. uh, driver monitoring, has been all over Tesla for like the longest time about not doing driver monitoring. And uh, you know, when I saw some of this stuff, I had to tag him to at least let him know that, eh, you know, it looks like they are working on something. As to when they will release it, what they will do with it, but at least it's just to assuage him a little bit. It's like, okay, you know, Tesla's finally coming around to it's this. It's happening, yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts, guys? When when I when I first saw that video, like my heart dropped, and I was thinking about FSD beta. Like my whole life flashed in front of me of like, what have I done in the car since like <laughs> they can see me so clearly? Like what <laughs> what have they seen? That was my first gut reaction. <laughs> yeah, and and that's obviously this has brought up some concerns. Obviously, when China, of course, they said, well, you know, we don't want Tesla to be doing this. And yeah. of course, they just recently said that any kind of data collection will be stored locally and not sent to head office or anything like that, just for the Chinese market. I, I get that. Um, so obviously, this is for some people, um, FSD, be prepared for this kind of thing. We don't know how Tesla is going to implement any kind of like uh, uh, terms of agreement as far as what can be captured. Um, obviously, in Tesla fashion, this will be anonymized data. So if it does get sent back to head office, um, you know, do they, do they blank out pe people's faces when it actually goes into the um, training system? Like, I don't know what they're going to do. Obviously, the data is going to be obfuscated in such a way that they won't know whose car it is, um, that type of thing, because that data right now, they don't know. So, yeah, there's going to be some privacy concerns over this stuff. Um, but I would opt in in a minute. I'd love to, you know. Yeah, I, I have not nothing to hide. And off the wheel and, uh, yeah, I mean, um, my car is a transportation method. It's it's not a sleepover place or anything like that. Um, yeah. Obviously, if you're not driving, you can put one of those little slidey things there. You can put on your laptops for the screen. So yeah. for those of you who are worried that kind of thing, you can do that. Keep in mind that if you do something like that, I, I would see Tesla implementing this with a switch and say driver monitoring on or off. So if you don't use it, then you get the nag screen. And if you do opt in, well, obviously, maybe you well, don't yeah. get the nap screen, right? You know, and if it's really good, too, they could maybe attach it to, like, your Tesla insurance. Yeah, I was just about to say. If you use this, then it goes down a little bit more and, you know, give people an incentive. I, I think mm -hmm. that would be uh, pr pretty great. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. So we'll see what transpires. But it's definitely something that they're working on. So be, uh, be aware that it's all in shadow mode at this particular time. Now, whether they've implemented on all the cars, I, I think uh, Green was saying that it's it's look like it's it's, it's like uh, you don't need FSD. Um, I think they're running it in shadow mode at this point. So we'll see. Hmm. Um, let's see here. 
Um, there were also some discussions, and I'm going to bring this up here on my screen. I'm going to share up my screen one more time for you guys so you can see what we're doing here. I really shouldn't stop this, but whatever. It is what it is. All right, so someone on Twitter was asking about Tesla, or to Elon. <clears throat> I'm, I'm the third car in a row, and the first one stops. My Model 3 can detect that by bouncing the radar waves underneath the car directly in front. Will this still work with Pure Vision? Now, the reason I mention this is because Elon did get on Twitter and saying to some people that they were going to eventually do what the radar accomplishes in the car purely with vision. And he basically said that radar was going to go away eventually on the cars. They think that um, because of the way they're doing in, uh, FSD now, where they can track things over time, and with five forward cam cameras, and this is what he's saying here, um, he says these best these things are best thought of as probabilities. There are five forward-facing cameras. It's highly likely that at least one of them will be able to see multiple cars ahead. So for those of you who may or may not be aware of this, the Tesla uh, radar system can bounce radar waves under and around cars so they can actually see two to three car lengths up front uh, for things like automatic emergency braking and you know collision avoidance and that type of thing. So obviously there's some valid concerns that if Tesla gets rid of the radars, how are they going to do this with a pure vision system? And of course, Elon is saying here with five cameras and different focal lengths, chances are they'll catch something uh, going on. Plus the fact that FSD now has that fourth dimension, which is time now. So... Um, any thoughts on this? I mean, if uh, my personal opinion, before we begin, um, if this stops the phantom breaking, I'm all for it. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I think that um, what Elon is talking about, like he mentioned, is really just the decision process. So if you have radar and cameras and LIDAR and all these other things, well, who makes the decision and who's right about it? How do you train that? And I think that's what they're running into. I'm obviously not a full self-driving expert, but... Um, I, you know, I don't know, in driving FSD beta anyway, it seems like, yeah, sometimes it kind of moves out and it just changes its mind. So who changed its mind? Was it the radar? Was it the cameras? Was, you know, it seems like when you drive, um, I don't know, when I'm driving poorly and my wife is correcting me, like, that's hard, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Although she's right. She should just make the decisions. <laughs> which, one, which one is she that driving? familiar. Which one is she driving most of, your three or your new X? Oh, the X is hers for sure. Yeah, yeah. I get to borrow it for errands once in a while, but yeah, that's that's her it's baby. Still a it's still a pretty neat car. Oh, it's um, awesome. Um, my obviously living in Ohio, you encounter things like winter like we do. Um, mm -hmm. Have you ever had any issues with uh, icing on the front where the radar would be and losing traffic aware cruise control, autopilot in general? Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't, I don't, FSD beta for whatever reason, I've not been out in, in a lot of weather with it, but um uh, we, we took a trip up to Minnesota, which is kind of like Canada. and uh, We, we the blame all the bad weather we get on Minnesota. So. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. <laughs> the, uh, the front just kept icing up all the way down through Wisconsin. It was just unusable. And um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know how that works with, with FSD, uh, you know, full self-driving. And, and I, I really have camera. to tell, I mean, we've, we've just literally had one winter where, um, you know, model-wise have basically gone through their first winter i need to talk to some owners to see if they've had, had any issues because we know at the model y they've added a heater to the radar area so i'm curious to see whether that's actually improved. yeah whether that's helped or not i don't know but yeah it's kind of a pain I, i've encountered it exactly once on my car and even though i have a ceramic coating eh, it doesn't help mm -hmm. no the only thing that worked for me is wd-40 yeah. When I was when I was outbound uh, on the trip across Canada, yeah. uh, I had really heavy wet snow for the whole first day, 
And I mean, yeah, attack was gone for the first two, three hours. So I stopped a Canadian tire along the way, bought like the, the giant jumbo can, just mm. held it. it. It killed me because that stuff's so greasy and oily and gunky. Yeah, and yeah. I just layered it all over the front end of the car. And it was fantastic. The rest of the day, the, the snow just came unstuck. My, my question with it is, um, what's, you know, I thought there would always be an advantage in fog. You know, like I have to think that has the best ability to spot a distant object, you know, is in foggy conditions. Yep. And just for that alone, I thought they would leave it in the car and maybe the system could use it as a backup sensor. In other words, in clear conditions, it works 100% optical. Mm -hmm. And then if it sees like fog or heavy snow or anything where the radar has an advantage, it can now plug the radar in and use it as a, an extra sensor to sort of give it some extra guidance. I, I thought there'd be value in that, but. I would agree with you on that. That would be the, and that's what surprised me. The Elon said that. I mean, I'm thinking that's the one case. My God, that's where you could use the radar, you know. But let's be honest. In all the development of all this stuff, and we've talked about it so often in the show, is it's like they kind of ignore the extreme weather parts of North America. It's like <laughs> that's California. Two, yeah, I mean, snow will kill your cameras in a matter of minutes on in the average Canadian winter driving. I mean, I don't know what the hell they're going to do about that until they come yeah. up with a system for all the, the side and rear cameras this is not being solved like uh, i right. i yet to hear anyone say anything i i can tell you that um the noises for when your like nav on autopilot goes in and out still happen when you're on beta but beta okay. will keep working so like i'll get oh. off at an exit and then like it's raining too hard and then you hear the noise where it can't work, like nav on autopilot turned off, yeah. but beta just keeps working, which is, huh. I don't understand how all that works, but I haven't really encountered, I know with um, like nav on autopilot, it'll say uh, pillar blinded and it'll go out or it's raining too heavy. Um, the problem is, is beta doesn't work on the highway. So I don't know what would happen in, in that circumstance, but as soon as I get off the highway, if it has been turned off, it's still raining. Um, and, and that screen comes on for beta, it will work. It will do everything. I don't know why or how that works, if it's just ignoring certain things or if it can has more confidence to work when it's raining heavy. Again, this isn't snow or anything, you know. Well, we're but, past um, the snow situation right now. My thinking yeah. is like, man, they're, if they're going to put this out in wider beta and include Norway and Canada eventually, because um, he said that was the next kind of level they were going to put it in yeah Man, they got to have the snow thing sorted out because the last thing you want to what are you going to do turn it off or take it away from us when winter rolls around next year that's not going to yeah. happen so they better get their ducks in a row as far as i'm concerned my my, my <laughs> well my theory is as to why it would work in in the rain situations as you described where currently with um with noa it, it cuts out is i'm assuming the ai is so much better on fsd beta that it can rearrange, you know, it must be seeing these Picasso-like images because of the distortion mm -hmm. from all the water droplets and the heavy rain, and maybe it can sort of rearrange it and it can still figure it out. In other words, it's so smart that it understands the distortion, it can compensate for it. So in those situations, I think that's solvable, but like when you talk about a completely opaque and surface, it's covered. Yeah. when it's blinded, yeah, when it's gone completely yeah. cataract. What, what, what really impresses me about FSD that I've been watching, you know, from just some presentations from uh, Andre Kaparthi, for example, um, is, the, is this fourth dimension over time that they've been able to implement. So now they can actually, because they're ingesting video on the cameras now, is they can actually track objects through time. So if something gets obscured, it, it still knows that it's, that it's there. Yeah. And, you know, even on our cars right now, where you can actually take your your finger on the screen, and you can actually spin the whole area. And th I mean, that's 3D 
they that's you know they're getting dimension mm. not only in time but also uh, distance that would normally require a lidar to do. They can do that all in visual, mm-hmm. which is which totally blows my mind. So, anyways, um, even though it's frustrating to hear Elon saying next month, next month, next month all the time with FSD and it's coming, it's coming, uh, we're definitely seeing improvements in the system. And uh, just listening to some podcasts uh, where Andre was on recently and stuff, they are working so hard on this that there's no doubt in my mind they will get there. The timing is the suspect part right now. Elon's never been good with timing. So I'm sure it's going to get there, It's but it's frustrating for those of, you know, a lot of us who yeah. actually paid for it, who want to use it, and can't use it. And it's like, I, oh. I get it. And, and, you know, not to be that person because I know I have beta, but um, honestly, they really, they can't get this wrong. Like it would be no, such no. a waste of time to push it out. It sucks. And then it's gone, you know, Nitsa steps, somebody steps in and then it, we yeah. all lose it, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I think they really need to be ready to do it. Honest, I think Elon was ready to put out <laughs> whatever was ready when he said the button was ready. Um, but I don't think that's the way to go. I think because they, they really need to get this right or it's just going to, it's going to set them way back. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, it's one of those things that they have to get it right because obviously, you know, all it takes is one bad egg uh, to do something really stupid with it. And then, uh, yeah, obviously the, you know, the regulators come in or NHTSA comes in and says, no, you can't have it. And they take all our good toys away. Fine Lab has a line of protective coatings that were engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather, carpet, plastic, and wheels effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get to ruin your brand new baby. FineLab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for both the do-it-yourselfer and professional detailers. Did we mention we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check us out at finelab.com, that's spelled F-E-Y-N-L-A-B, to see the science behind the self-healing. Check out our product catalog and click contact us for a free quote from a certified installer in your area. FineLab and Tesla. We were meant for each other. Well, you uh, saw it with that. That was that video. I don't know if you saw it of people driving around Oakland, mm-hmm. um, California, and they didn't set a destination. And I can tell you, for whatever reason, if you don't set a destination, it drives like a crazy person. It is terrible. But really? I don't know why. But if it has a destination, I was going to do a video of this, like even the simple exit to my house with no destination, it, it gets in, like if I put it in the exit lane, it gets off and it, it's like swervy. But if it knows it's going to my home, it drives it perfectly. I don't know why that is. I don't know why they would even allow you not to pick a destination. Yeah, but that's anyway, strange. It's like, a, it's like a different animal. It is like a totally different system. Well, it makes sense to me in the sense that you would have to have a destination so it knows what turns to make. Well, if it, it starts if, to plan. I mean, if it doesn't have any destination, it has no path plan. So yes. obviously it's going to go all over the place. But well, like, I'm like you said, kind of like... I'm yeah, surprised like co- you can actually engage it without having a destination. That's unusual. Because it's expecting, you know, like, well, maybe I'm going up. You know, yeah, it's exactly what it, 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 it drives really poorly. But, you know, if you um, film that, it looks like the system is just awful, you know. But if you put in a destination, it's it's really – I'll do I'll do a video of that exit to yeah, show you should. what I mean. But that's why that video was so bad. Um, well, what you need to do is, is to go. send some feedback to the team and say, listen, by the way, before you release this in beta, make sure that you have to select the destination because yeah. uh, obviously this is going to be taken advantage of for nefarious purposes. Yeah, it would save a lot of bad videos if yeah. they made you do yeah, that. Absolutely. Excellent idea. Cool. 
Well, we're looking forward to hearing more about FSD beta. Uh, we just have to wait a little longer. Um, we'll talk about the price a little bit later because we do have a question about that. But I thought we'd take a little time here and talk about... Well, Ian, why don't you take a lead on this one? <laughs> well, I was really happy to have Earl on this week because uh, we're, we're living through another period of um, toxic fandom, uh, a subject that's come up over the years numerous times. And I, I think really predominantly in the last year is, is when it's taken hold. And it has various forms, right? I mean, we, we know after Elon's whole thing with uh, the diving expedition in Thailand and all that stuff, and there was fans that jumped in to defend him and were really super over-aggressive, and he asked people not to be. And we, we've seen it more broadly when we talk about there's a very, very small number of Tesla fans uh, who sometimes go on the attack you know, about any EV other than Tesla. You know, And I guess the rest of us in the community kind of get I, I know personally it bothers me greatly it's kind of like why are you doing that i mean you know yeah, everybody here is we're trying to advance the cause here i know not all the other cars are as perfect as tesla's but you kind of got to cut them some slack and earl uh came onto this in the strangest of ways and i'll let him tell a story because he'll do it far better justice than i can so i'd like to to hear from earl on how that came to be how he became known as as the ultimate toxic tesla super fan <laughs> <laughs> which is a story in and of itself. And then um, I, I think it's really relevant because of what happened with uh, certain, you know, members of the community yeah. uh, going after the Mach-E people last couple of weeks, which is yeah. super uncool. So Earl, I'll, yeah. I'll let you take it from there. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, I was surprised to be dragged into that, to be honest, because uh, typically I think most people would get that my account is pretty lighthearted. Um, you know, a lot of dogs, a, a lot of jokes. It's, I don't know. I, I, I really don't get too spun up on Twitter about, about things like that. But um, what had happened was, is I was included in a story, in a, an electric story about toxic fans and how bad toxic fans were. And, um, you know, reading through it, I cherry picked one of my tweets in the middle of several other funny tweets and, you know, tried to make me look negative. And um, of course, everybody else who was <laughs> attacked in that article really weren't particularly toxic either, in my opinion. But um, and I just decided to own it. I'm like, sure, you know, toxic. What are you going to do? You're in an article. Um, it, mind you, the tweet that I tweeted was over a year old. So this was like held on to and put under somebody's pillow, like for that day, like they're going to finally release this and like get yeah. this person for being toxic. And it was just really shocking to me um, that that happened. So I've tried to just own it and, and, and joke about it, um, about how everything. So you have two ends of the spectrum, right? One One end of the spectrum is, probably closer to what's happening potentially with this Maki situation where people are actually threatening people um, online or in DMs. And it seems like Facebook is a, is a cesspool like that as well. Oh and, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, that's, 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 that really is, that's, that's, I don't even know if toxic is the word for that. That's, that's, that's a threat, you know, that's, that's something that you should be, uh, somebody better be investigating, right? Yeah. Um, th those incidences are, are few and far between. Then there's the group of the people that, the group of people that you would mention, they're probably overly zealous about all things Tesla, can't sit with anything non-Tesla for five minutes, and they get really spun up and, and kind of pushy online about it. Um, but it has devolved to the point where you can't even be a fan of Tesla. You can't just say, 
you know, Tesla's the best and I, I love my Model 3 and, you know, and then people, oh, you, you can't, you're biased and this and that's like, well, no, I just like a car, like I like a product, like I like my phone or I like, you know, I like a certain beer. Um, so, you know, people get really overly sensitive about that or what bothers me is just, you know, sharing my authentic opinion about a new EV that comes out that, oh yeah, that's kind of nice. I don't like the grill. I think the range sucks. I think they phoned it in, you know, something like that. <laughs> I mean, I think that's okay to say. And there's this weird double standard that um, it's it's also okay to bash Tesla at all times. Like, well, it makes them better. We call them out on this, call them out on this, it makes them better. Well, I don't, I don't like the way this, uh, you know, e-tron is set up. Oh my gosh, you're, you know, you're going to make EVs will never happen because you said that, you know, it's like kind of gets that extreme. So, um, but you know, st honestly, stepping back, it's just, the reality is, is that every part of Twitter is like, this is social media. There's always going to, there is no community in that. Like there's no entrance fee to get in. You don't have to own a Tesla even. You don't even have to be a fan of Tesla to be in the Tesla community. And some people are going to be, um, you know, they're going to be like they are in normal life. There's people that are, are jerks and there are people that are toxic. And of course, Tesla community is going to be the same. You're going to find them if that's what you're looking for. But um, sincerely, my experience with uh, the Tesla community has been great. I met so many wonderful people. Like when I went out to the Cybertruck event, you know, um, all the people that I met only online and everybody was so kind and friendly and it was a really nice experience. And that is mostly what I experience online. And um, to see, I hate how it's painted in the media. I mean, they just oh. love to talk about what the quote Tesla community is like and, and, and what, and then just paint a picture of, um, I don't know, you've been around this community longer than I have been Trevor. And I, I think there was a time when it was just maybe, um, roadster owners or model s owners that maybe you could paint a general picture a little more of what people are like but nowadays with selling almost two hundred thousand cars a quarter and there's elon has 50 million fans can you really possibly honestly say that it's a cohesive group in any way shape or form it's so different politically there's people who don't give a crap about the environment they just like teslas i mean there's so much diversity there if you really look for it um, that people kind of refuse to see. And they have this one version of what a Tesla fan is. And, and that, that's kind of what bugs me. And, and that's kind of why I try to own that persona. Like I try to be that person online, like, Oh yeah, I'm that toxic fan. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like you make a se semi half hearted meme about a new car and people are just get all bent out of shape, you know, like, don't you care about the environment? Don't you care about all EVs? It's like, Oh, come on. <laughs> There's unfortunately a huge swath I find of of online denizens who don't quite get sarcasm. <laughs> just kind of like an irony. It just boom. it's like it really okay, if you're gonna follow Earl, we, there should be a little course that you follow. Okay, this is sarcasm. This is irony. Okay, just whoo, yeah. I, I think anybody who follows Earl's account, uh, just sort of like first time coming in, would be like, who's this guy? And what is he, why is he saying that? But all you have to do is like read five more tweets from him. You totally get it. Yeah. Like it's yeah, yeah. Earl's about being lighthearted and being, and making it fun and not taking life too seriously and stuff. Yeah. But some people just take it on in different extremes. And I've seen, 
I've seen it from both sides. Um, you know, the Tesla community has definitely changed. I think generally it's still a very friendly community uh, for the core people that, that really enjoy the product and stuff. But there's definitely some accounts um, that take it to an extreme and Tesla can do no wrong. Um, mm -hmm. um, I've, I've certainly tweeted lots of stuff that, I, I mean, it's okay to love the car and not always like what Elon does or the company sometimes. And if you do that, you know, some people will say, oh, you know, you're against the mission or you're against that. And so, no, no, it's just, it's, it's, you can be an objective fan. Right. And, and my point, as like you said, in many cases, it's about pointing out deficiencies so that they can improve. Um, there's times yeah. when they can improve and there's times, well, maybe it's just not a priority for them, uh, in, in certain respects. Um, I've made my voice concern, uh, my voice known on many cases that I think there's some, there's some issues with Tesla's paint, not universally, but there's things that they can improve. Um, door seals, famously, I have a problem with Tesla's door seals, Model S, nine years, still haven't fixed the damn door seals. So, <laughs> you know, just do that one thing. Just do that. Is that too much to ask? Just fix the yeah. door seals. Yeah. Um, but you know, and, and it's terrible to see some people, you know, reporters or bloggers or whatever you want to call them in the community um, that, you know, they've probably built their careers up around Tesla and then turn around and then just crap all over everybody. Oh, I hate uh, that. You know, and, and that's just, it's like, okay, uh, is that an ego thing? Is it, is it uh, you know, is money talking too much here? I don't know what's going on. Um, but anyways, that's a story for another day. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know what the solution right. is. Social media certainly, I mean... You know, we've seen a lot of toxicity in, in all cases. I mean, I can't stand Facebook. I mean, I'm on there just to see what no. my, my family's doing and stuff. But the, the conversations, for example, are just like, they're mean. I mean, I just went on one thing there today to look at something. Somebody was posting a house for sale and the shaming. Oh, my God. You're asking way too much. And I'm like, or, and I'm like, what if it, now they're asking under to, to generate more sales? And now you're complaining about that? Like, there's no happy medium anywhere with any of this stuff. Anyways, yeah. it's just, and that's why with, uh, you know, a shameless plug here for the forum, we don't allow any of that stuff. I mean, if you're going to be nice, you're going to be nice. If you, if you're going to be a dick, uh, you're not going to last very long here. I mean, yeah. it's supposed to be a friendly place and that's why I started it because there, I had seen the toxicity, if you want to call it that, or the negativity on, on other places on the internet. And I'm like, man, if I want to talk about cars, I want it to be a friendly environment. I don't want people attacking me. And it doesn't mean you can't complain or be dissenting. No, That's and we do allow that. It's just personal sure, attacks are not allowed yeah. and threats are not allowed. And, uh, you know, anyways, whatever. Yeah. No, I agree. I groaned too, like uh, just the other day, uh, somebody had asked me, um, you know, what if the EQS had all the same specs as the Model S? Um, would you buy it? Very benign question. And yeah. I answered sincerely. I'm like, well, yeah, here's what I like. Here's what I don't like. And oh my, I had to mute the conversation because unfortunately a bunch of Tesla people showed up and just couldn't have a conversation. You know, they could not sit with that. And I don't like that. Like I enjoy the back and forth. I, I love being able to talk to people about different things, you know, even if I differ in opinion about it. And um, I, I don't like to see that either, but you know, it, it is good. And people can kind of behave enough in a forum to at least hear the other side out, think about these things. And I'm all for complaining about Tesla. I mean, I was in an article about FSD um, with Ars Technica complaining about FSD and the rollout of it, you know, and if I didn't have beta, I'd be complaining every day. So <laughs> I, I get it. I empathize with people. There's lots of improvements to be have 
for for Tesla, and I agree. You know, as owners, sometimes it's hard to look at other cars and say, like, why are they still making these silly mistakes? I mean, even today, there was an article about the EQS coming out and how they, like, we're not putting a front trunk in there because we want to put in a, uh, a HEPA filter system. And I was like, okay, um, you do realize that Tesla has a HEPA filter system built into the same kind of space on the Model S and the Model X. Why couldn't you guys do this? And... You know, not that that's a deficiency or anything, but that's a design decision based by, you know, uh, you know, in many ways, the way I appear, uh, w the way I interpret it is a legacy automaker who's not willing to do the same kind of packaging that Tesla does. I don't know. I look at your T-shirts and I think I think it was a direct attack on Frunk Puppy. Like, <laughs> like, we we yes. can't even let this happen. No way. <laughs> Bolt it shut. <laughs> oh, Oh my God! Yeah, of yes. course it is. Of well, you got to stop changing. Your, you got to stop changing your name there. <laughs> so people, right. you know, only about the frunks. I'm only about the frunks. <laughs> Anyways, there's there's still there there are things like that. But the thing is, you have to understand is that Legacy Auto is still Legacy Auto, and we're starting to see some changes. I mean, I think the most exciting cars, um, other than the Teslas right now, they're coming up on the market, are the startups. You know, the Lucids and oh the Rivians and stuff, right? Because they get it. They're starting with a clean sheet. Um, yeah. EQS, I think, is a beautiful car. Um, I mean, the interior is like, okay, that's typical Mercedes, little luxury opulent, and there's a market for that. Um, there's a market for Tesla's simplicity, too, and there's a market for that kind of happy medium in, in, in between. So, like I said, there, there's a market for every one of these cars. Uh, if somebody is cross-shopping a Model S and a Model and, and a Mercedes EQS, that's a particular customer. But there is there is brand loyalty outside of Tesla folks. Mm -hmm. I got news for you. Mm -hmm. right? yeah. It happens. Um, so, I, you know, you can't yeah. drag somebody by the arm and say, come, come look at a Tesla when, when their heart is set on buying an EQS. Yeah. Right? I think, I, I hate to say this out loud, but I truly feel like now, finally, it's really happening. Like, there are going to be more and more EVs on market. They, they, it's, it's to the point now where you have to, um, and um, we're we're going to see more quality products, kind of matching Tesla on some specs, and um, not competition per se, but just making that market bigger. And I think that's really awesome. I, I get really excited about that part. I do agree. I think the, um, I just love everything out of the kind of non-legacy companies too. Bollinger, I think, is just the coolest, yeah. weirdest thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, so a lot of exciting things in the next couple of years that I think are going to actually happen. Not just like those news stories I always share from like 2013 about the car that's going to come out next year. It's, it's really happening. Yeah, and, the uh, Tesla killers. The Tesla killer yeah. trope has been beaten like, <laughs> to death. There's no such thing as a Tesla killer. There's, there's more than enough space for everybody in the market, oh. which, which brings me to the, you know, to the point here that, you know, cause we made, we made a point about the Mach-E, for example, uh, which is the latest one from Ford. And of course, now we, we've seen EQS that's come out. My personal opinion, I hope they sell a ton of those cars for the fact that it makes these legacy manufacturers understand that there's a demand for it. And, yeah. and it makes them want to convert the rest of their product line. If they don't sell enough of these, then they'll just say, well, there's no demand, so we'll just keep making nice cars. Like, oh, you know, come on. I, it brings me back to the original start of this segment of the show. It's like, how do we stop or at least kind of... Uh, quiet the 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 toxic the, the Tesla toxicity as it were you know and at the end of the day that's the one thing when I I rarely get into it because I hate conflict of, of any sort on, online I I just I I always try to walk away as, as politely as I can but I always come back to 
listen, if you're a super Tesla fan, the one thing that you should be able to recite from, uh, from memory is, is the secret plan, right? Like the mission. You should know it like by heart. And one of the big things of the mission is force all legacy OEMs to mm -hmm. go electric. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing your absolute level best to destroy all the other efforts, you're not in the mission, bro. That's you're, right. you're, you're part of the problem. And there's really no, there's no answer. You cannot come back with anything on that. It's like if you're seriously bashing something else for the sake of bashing it, you know, we're not talking about discussions about little valid criticisms. I'm talking about like real toxic bashing. You are seriously, seriously messing with the mission and you're not, you're not helping anyone here. That's, that's to me is the, yeah. the end story. Yeah. That's how you, think, you combat it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think there's a certain market segment of the people that are forgotten. Or maybe they yeah. don't care in the first place. Maybe there's just like, I'm just all about the car and they can't do any wrong. And it's Tesla, Tesla's going to own the whole market. And that's the end of the story. Well, so. yeah. And I, and I, and I, I, a lot of the things that Tesla fans get upset about, like you, know, you think about uh, like kind of big oil attacking EVs or the media attacking EVs or legacy dealerships attacking EVs, you know, like all these kind of forces that happen, they all dissipate. If everybody's making EVs, there's yes, more, yeah. there's more, you know, right now, if it's just, if, if Tesla has 80% of the market in, in the U S and you want to get rid of EVs, what do you do? You attack Tesla. If yeah. all of the car companies are making EVs, who do you attack? Right? Because they, now it's in their yeah. interest too. Suddenly hearts change, stories change. We're not as focused. It doesn't mean Tesla's not going to get attacked, but it really changes the dynamic. The more competition you have, the more normal EVs are. Uh, the more charging, you know, the more you, your charging network, all that stuff. And it really, it authentically helps um, Tesla's mission to to have as, as many EVs out there as possible. It is a tiny fraction of the market right now. They're, I mean, what, are, what are they, 3% or something? Yeah, it's it's nothing. It, EVs are nothing. There's so much room to grow. They could sell 200,000 Mach-E's next year, and that would not come out of Tesla's hide. You know, that's, yeah. there's so Absolutely. much room. Unfortunately, I think that we're going to see a third wave of potential negativity here because there's a new market segment coming up, pickup trucks. The Cybertruck comes out. Uh, we're going to see a lot of noise about this and we're going to see another wave of this kind of stuff. So, well, to kind of bring back to what, what Earl just said, you know, there could be, if, if all, you know, if the, if the tide is rising all boats simultaneously, like if Rivian launches around the same time, if Ford comes out with their electric F-150, the, the Hummer's going to drop. You know what? If they all, it won't, Cybertruck won't be out there by itself for very long. All these other ones if, are going to come in there. Yeah. If, if, if my, I think this will be a huge moment in, in, in the history of EVs. If Ford commits to the F-150 EV, pushes it, builds it, and sells mm -hmm. it, it's game over. It's game yeah. over because that's such a huge oh, it's the number truck one. in America. If they want to sell that thing, they will push the market, even the stubborn people who want it, their gas cars. And that will be a huge shift. Now, comparing, I think, against the Cybertruck, that's a spaceship, and it will have a great price point, and and that'll sell obviously just fine. But I think that that I'm excited about that Ford, and that that um, that's why I want the Mach E to succeed. I think if they're succeeding at that, and they really commit to this um, F-150, um, it's going to be a turning point in the U.S. I, I think in a lot of ways, though, Ford has a bit of an uphill battle because they have very rabid uh, fans uh, of that product. So if, if, if they're going to release an F-150 that's uh, fully electric, they got to put a lot of marketing behind it. And I think in a lot of ways, much like the way Tesla operates, it has to be demonstrably better. 
yeah. than the typical F-150 to get people to really go, mm, okay, I'll take a, you know, take a look at it. Well, I think what's going to give it a level up is the, the commercial operators, because, you know, it's kind of like my, the reason I really want to see the base two wheel drive Cybertruck is because there should be huge appeal with commercial operators who the bottom line is it's Fleet the dollar. Sale. Yeah, like we don't, they don't have brand loyalty worth 10 cents. It's kind of like who's got the cheapest truck. And if I can say, mm -hmm. you know, save five bucks off the lease payment, you know, and buy 30 of these and they're whatever, $200 a month each less cost per me to operate, I'm going to buy those. So if they come up with a compelling financial argument, you know, for fleet operators, that is a huge chunk of the pickup. It's, it's funny market. you mentioned that because. That'll bring everybody else in slowly. It's interesting you mentioned that because uh, if you remember during the Cybertruck intro, Elon made a big deal about leasing yeah right he did lay it out okay here's how much a an f-150 would cost you here's how much the gas would cost you how, how much it is so i think yeah i'm hoping i'm i'm with you ian and i hope that they make all three variants of that car and even and though you know you know what happens it's like there's somebody's got to drive these trucks all day long right so they're going to be driving oh. around going Wow, they're, they're this thing boards. is so much nicer to drive <laughs> than my, you know, because, you know, half the people driving these things commercially for a job have an yeah. F-150 at home, you know, like it's the number think, one yeah. vehicle in North America. So the minute you get butts and seats yep. and, you yep. know, a couple hundred thousands of these things, kaboom, it's just going to go from there. I think it's the same with the semi truck, too. I remember when that was first coming out and then they would interview these truckers on Fox News or whatever saying, I would never drive one of those. But you know what, the people operating, the, they don't care. They're like, this thing is a lot cheaper and we don't put a bunch of diesel in it and guess what you're driving? Like, it just doesn't work like that, right? Like, yeah. it, is, it is a dollar and cents thing. Or if you want to be an independent guy with your diesel truck, but your neighbor has a semi truck and it's much cheaper to operate, you know, how long is it before you kind of look into an EV? And, and human nature is we're all attached to the things that we love and the brands that we love we and the experiences change. that we love. But until we experience the other thing, right? Like, I don't know how many people I know who are dyed in the wool, like, you know, uh, exotic car or, or muscle car maniacs or whatever. And I take them for one drive in my car and I'm like, oh, my God. It's a different <laughs> thing, no right? <laughs> I can't pry them out of it, you know? Like, I got to think even the most bitter, you know, old school driver, yeah. you, you give him a, a semi for a week, he's not going to want to give it back. Yeah. I'm, I'm convinced that's part of the, the solution. Oh, I can't wait actually. to see the semi truck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, oh, I, I know. So if, if Trevor, if um, if Ford has an uphill battle with EVs, which way does the hill go for Nikola? <laughs> Downhill. <laughs> keeps going. That's right. <laughs> we still talking about those guys? Oh, my God. They still exist. Yeah. Well, <laughs> only as long as their shareholders waiting for their, their stocks to vest so they can dump oh, them. Oh, the stock was way down, and somebody tweeted today that today was Badger Fierce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brutal. Um, again, going back to the fact that we don't like to crap on other people, but uh, uh, Nicola, especially with Trevor Milton, uh, yeah, that was a fraud right from the beginning. That was a special. That was a special I, kind of. I indulge in it all myself because the whole story is just so oh, unbelievable. I, I miss nuts. that guy, I'll be honest. He <laughs> was good for a laugh, but my God. Oh, he was entertaining. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I think we should move on to viewer listener questions because we've got a number of them. So uh, let's uh, let's jump in here. So the first question comes from Nigel. It says, do you have any indications as to when FSD beta will be coming to the UK? Um, huh, that's a very good question. Right now, FSD is completely nerfed um, outside of the US. Actually, in, in England, I should say, in the UK. Uh, I don't know. 
I really don't know. Uh, I think Elon did say on Twitter sometime that he's hoping to have it sorted out. But I, I, this is out of Tesla's control. These are regulators, and they're very tight over there. So unfortunately, Nigel, we can't answer that. Um, but it would definitely be after the U.S. gets um, the second raft of beta at that point. Thanks for making that bigger there, Ian. Okay, uh, next question comes from uh, Twitter, and he says, what are your thoughts on the delay of FSD beta button? Well, Elon again went on to say that uh, needs needs some more time. Again, it's Elon time, right? So take everything Elon you have time. and add a little time to it. Um, it will come, yeah. but uh, we just got to be a little bit more patient with it. Um, the last thing we want is, uh, is, is for it to be subpar and having issues because then it'll make the news and uh, the feds will come and take our nice toys away. All right, next question comes from Marco on Twitter. He says, uh, "What el uh, any else have a problem with the charge port opening during a touchless car wash every time the water jets pass over the charge port? Any way, <laughs> of, any way of disabling the charge port when going through car wash? Why is it that a FSD screen shows signs, cones, and even trash cans on one side of the road but does not show parked cars in front of those trash cans? Uh, I would think seeing all objects on the screen would uh, instill confidence in FSD. Well, there's a couple parts there. Um, no, there's no way to uh, disable the um, the charge port. Um, but he's saying he's it's opening. Uh, That's something you got to get checked, I think. Yeah, I I've never heard of that. Yeah, no, Mark, me either. Yeah, Marco, two things. First of all, uh, make an appointment with Tesla. Second of all. You don't mention how old your car is and stuff. I know a lot of 2018 cars suffered from the little magnet. I think it is on the on the on. If you open up the charge port on the back, there's like a little lozenge size magnet. If it's loose or anything like that, uh, get that uh, looked after because that's responsible for touching when you touch the charge port at the bottom for triggering the little little magnetic yeah. uh, uh, proximity switch on the back to make it open. It could be that it's missing or, or lost or something like that. So maybe the jets are touching it, making it open on you. So uh, you have that looked at. Um, as far as the FSD stuff is concerned, I think Tesla's still um, on non-beta FSD cars. They're still dumping down the screens. It sees a lot more than it's actually displaying. How much of that stuff they're going to actually let us see when FSD is finally finished, uh, I really I don't know. There may be an option where they'll you'll be able to make it more complex or less complex. We don't really know. I know Elon said that the colors were stringent on purpose right now because they want to basically show the FSD uh, testers right now what they're actually seeing on the screens. So it, it could be a chance that it could be dumbed down uh, when the final release comes out. So anyways, don't really know. Um, if I can just offer a hack in the interim for Marco yeah. that I think might work. If you left the car in gear and just held the brake pedal or if you put it in neutral, it's possible that would dis uh, disable the charge port. I can't imagine that it works. I I'm going to actually go out and test that, of course, afterwards to see if it's true. But uh, I, I don't think if the car is in gear, if it's in neutral, it would allow you to open the charge port. Yeah, I'm in the habit when I go through a touchless car wash, and I only use the touchless car washes in the winter. I go ones that don't have tracks. So I drive in, I stop, and the machine goes mm -hmm. around. And what I do is I, I don't leave the car in park. I just put it on hold. So Bingo. That's there you never go. That's what about. It's never an issue for me. Yep. So maybe you want to try that. All right. Uh, next question comes from our friend uh, Tim Newmark. On uh, Twitter, he says, I've said for years that my kids will never learn to drive, but I realize we are uh, creeping up on 70 years away from my oldest turning 16. Do you think automated cars will be a thing by then? No steering wheel, no pedals, just get in and get it to where do we go. Um, that's a good one. Seven my, years. Seven years. I think my son's in the same way right now. Um, I got to hope so for Elon, because otherwise we're in a whole uh, world uh, if we don't have it in seven years. I don't know about the no steering wheel, no pedals. I, I think there'll be some startup companies that will certainly attempt to do that in certain 
you know, geographical areas where they're still relying on, on LiDAR. I think for Tesla doing the way that they're doing it right now, um, those kind of things are still going to be with us for a number of years. Obviously, there's a bunch of people that, that are not interested in a car, buying a car that, that don't have a steering wheel. Um, again, I also of the opinion that this, this fabled level five is still a ways off for Tesla, mainly because they got to deal with weather conditions. We've talked about this many times on the show. Mm -hmm. You can't have level five in a robo taxi network. If you got to go out there and lick the cameras clean. Uh, yeah. Right. So, yeah. So that's about that. Um, let's see here. Uh, what is this stuff? We got a whole bunch of questions and this is just all related to Earl. Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, of course it is. We told people he's coming on the show. Yeah, exactly. All right. So the first question comes from Ken. Well, the next question comes from Ken. He says, I've, <laughs> I have access to dill, dill pickle Lay's potato chips. Are the ketchup, chi are the ketchup Lay's chips just as addictive? I'm in Michigan. So the journey is not far when the border opens. <laughs> These are the pressing issues of the day, friends. Uh, and he's from Michigan, so. Uh, well, I, I, you guys, huh? Deal pickle chips I'm not a fan of, but uh, ketchup chips are the bomb. Um, <laughs> it's a Canadian thing. If you get them, definitely try them out. They are awesome. I've never had them. I've never uh, had them. Well, when we see you we next, Earl, we'll, we'll yep. get you a bag or two. I know Ian and I always bring them down when we go down to Florida because uh, Eric and Bodner and everybody <laughs> loves them. So We could we could scalp them in the corner of the streets, man. Pay yeah, we could. We could. <laughs> Um, let's see here. Earl, what is this question from Fred? He says, when will 28 delays later do a video on self-driving through the Nullabur plane? Huh? Do you know what that's all about? No. Okay. What's, what's the Nullabur plane? I don't know. Uh, he's from I Germany. Don't, I don't know. Hmm. Con he says, uh, uh, context, Australia. Hmm. <laughs> all right. I'm going to play the Jeopardy music here, right? Okay. Uh, Sorry, Fred. Can't no. answer that. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right. Next question comes from John P. Connell. He says, why are we the worst? <laughs> <laughs> you know, John always puts like a trademark after that. Earl yeah. is the worst. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, he goes after people pretty hard <laughs> if they use that phrase. Yeah. There you go. All right. He's our... great. He's a front puppy board member. He's I, saw, I saw that. Yeah. He's, yeah. A, he's a funny cat. All right, next question comes from our friend Mother Frunker. <laughs> uh, oh, does, no. does Earl hate cats? Why are they hardly ever part of the Frunk Puck be voting? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, our cat can't participate because he's royalty and helped launch it, so he's null and void. He can't yeah, participate. he's good. Although I try. <laughs> yeah. No, cats are... Um, I actually... We have a cat now. I don't know where that thing went, but... Um, well, Earl's we, fostering uh, cats now, so you said... It is... Um, it's really hard to get them in the front. So every week, all we get mostly, you know, we'll get lots of pictures. Some week we'll get 60 pictures. I mean, it's crazy. It's yeah. ridiculous. And um, they're all Model 3s, right? Model 3s and Ys. And they're all dogs. You know, that's just like the most common picture. Um, and then, you know, everything in between. But cats, just, you know, any cat owner would know, like corralling these things. It's like, it's like hurting, hurting cats, cats right? They, cats. Don't want, they don't want to go in the car. So we've I, tried to open it up. If your cat is near the Tesla or on the Tesla or <laughs> thinking about the Tesla, that's fine. And we can vote on them. But yeah, there are some staunch, I have a board of, of many people and there's some real uh, purists who want frunks, you know, and puppies. So <laughs> it's tough to get through that round. Well, our, our cat's pretty chill. He'll, you can do anything to him. He doesn't I, I sustained injury trying to get ours in there. It's not happening. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's, yeah, people have used boxes and like, you know, 
the whole thing. Our yeah. cat Blair, actually likes car rides. He jumps into his carrier. Wow. He likes going on car rides. All right. Next question comes from John. He says, I've extended auto, I have extended enhanced autopilot and I don't find navigate on autopilot very trustworthy. Is it fine if traffic is light? Uh, it is fine if traffic is light, uh, but when busy, I don't trust its decision. Is FSD still something I should consider? Is it way, is it way smarter than nav on autopilot? Uh, you know, I can't even compare the two because they do two different things. Personally, I think nav on autopilot's amazing. I mean, I try, I think it's fantastic on the highway. Um, the only time it gets messed up is if there's like a lot of lane changes or, uh, yeah. uh construction or something really weird happens. But in general, I think it, it drives better than I do on the highway. It's solid. Yeah. I, I feel that's really good tech. If you don't think that's good enough, you definitely are not ready for FSD data. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it makes some really curious decisions. One of the things that it does is that it will pass people now, like on smaller roads, but the decision it makes is very slow. So it's like waiting, the car slowing down in front of you, and then it's like, I think I'm gonna get over, and then it starts to get over. In the meantime, fifty things have happened. You know, there's other cars trying to go around. Sounds you. like my ex father in law driving. Yeah. And the other thing it does that's pretty funny is sometimes when you're at a stop sign, it decides it doesn't want to wait. So it like it shows the little map and it wants to drive around the cars and just go to the other lane, like and go around. like I don't want to sit here, so I have to stop it sometimes. So it does funny things like that, but you know, not nothing too uh, crazy. But 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 anyway, yeah, I, I don't know. I, so I, the bottom line I, is you're saying with FSD beta or FSD in general that they they should turn up the aggressivity aggressivity yeah it would be dial. perfect like if it moved the moment when it's like i'm gonna pass but i i feel i remember he said that when it first came out though it's like intentionally cautious yeah. yeah yeah and that's where i find where it's running into problems now because it's it's too i have to hurry it up and that seems like a fixable problem just mm-hmm. react well, maybe anyway. in time to fix that all right yeah. last question of the evening and it kind of ties back to what we were talking a little bit earlier comes from jason how much do you think the fsc subscription will realistically cost now let's put this into context because uh elon has said that uh buying it outright will be the favorable option and we've talked about this before if you go into a subscription and you compare it to what they're charging now there has to be some kind of commitment. Like if Tesla is expecting to get $10,000 out of you and they go to a subscription model and let's assume they want the same $10,000, um, you can do the math on a variety of different ways. It's a one-year commitment, so therefore the cost would be higher. If it's two or three years, it'll be lower and it, it might it might end out. I know there's some people that seem to want it to be $100 a month. Uh, other people say it'll be two to $300. So what do you guys think? I think, think? it's got to be over two. It's got to be at least over two. It's if it's a hundred, no one will ever buy it again. You know, there, there's so they would just be getting rid of that. You know, which I think eventually they'll do. But boy, there'd be some angry folks. Like if you if you buy a car today and it's ten grand, and then tomorrow the subscription starts at a hundred a month, you're gonna have to keep that car a really long time. And and I don't I don't think they're gonna. Yeah, do is that. it a is it a perpetual thing for as long as you own a Tesla or a Tesla in your account, or do they want a minimum three? I mean, put it in leasing terms, like let's say a three-year pound of flesh out of you, three-year commitment. Uh, you know, so we really don't know all the details yet. No, I, I think that scale is correct. I mean, you know, you'd have to look at what is the average owner finance their car for? What's the average term? Is it four years, five years, six years? It's probably around five years is the average. I yeah. find a lot of Tesla owners, myself included, we went beyond that because we just wanted 
the biggest one and we didn't care. It's like, take my money, even if it takes 10 years to pay it off. But it, let's assume that it's five years, okay? 60 payments, 60 months, right? Yeah. So if it was $100 a month, you'd only be paying six grand for it by the time you're done. Uh, well, of course, if you kept the car beyond that, theoretically, you'd keep paying, right? So it's simply, but I think that's the, the math we would use, right? So at $200 mm-hmm. a month, over five years, you'd be paying 12 grand for it. So that kind of sounds like viable. I don't know. That's that's my sort of back of the envelope. I think the biggest home. unknown at this point is what is the commitment level? I mean, yeah. if we mm-hmm. knew what the commitment level it was, then you could probably do some better math on it. Yeah. Uh, right. But like I said, all things being equal, you know, depending on, you know, what your commitment level is and what Tesla wants out of you, a pound of flesh, if you buy it outright. And he's already said that economically buying it outright is going to be cheaper. It leads me to believe that the commitment's going to be A, long, and B, the price is going to be higher. And let's face it, Tesla has already said, um, you know, they're going to keep jacking up the price of FSD. Like, at what point do you cry uncle? <laughs> right? Is it 10000 yeah. Is it going to be twelve, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $15,000, $20,000? I don't know. Yeah. Like I think right now, personally, I think at 10000 bucks, they've reached the limit of the, how much they can s- squeeze out of us. Yeah, psychologically. Yeah, that's a, that's a new animal. And I think that's what they'll want to do, though, is push people into that monthly thing because then that solves all the drama about trade-ins and everything else. Oh, yeah, you true. You have your subscription, you're good. Because um, right now it's kind of a cluster. I see. I won't get into that, but I see both sides of that argument. But um, I think the monthly thing fixes it. So eventually, that kind of quote unlimited beta forever, I think, will just sunset. It'll be like the, you know, uh, cheaper uh, Model Three that was off menu. <laughs> well, if they if they follow through on the promise of releasing it next month, uh, then we'll finally get our answers and we'll have another talking point, I guess. Yeah. Let's see what the, what the, uh, what the monetary ver- uh, merit is at, at that point. Um, my personal opinion at this point is uh, I paid for it. It's on my car. It's part of the loan. I don't have to worry about it. Um, and I've said this before with the truck, uh, doubtful that I'm actually going to get it. So that's just my personal opinion. Well, that brings us basically to the end of the show. Anything else you guys want to talk about before, before we sign off? Well, I, f- I feel like I have to mention that during this, um, episode here oh norman's barking is that, is that Norman? <laughs> um I, I don't know if we have any, any investors that watch this but doge went over a quarter while we were is that, on is that, a, uh, is that a big deal that's I don't, crazy I don't, I, it's so crazy really? it's over a quarter <laughs> it's so crazy i bought it for like four tenths of a penny <laughs> oh wow. wow and wow. now it it just went over a quarter it's really crazy i have to tell this story quick somebody had uh dm'd me and they were talking about how they were using Doge to pay their kids allowance because it was because e- I kept ta- I kept I keep forgetting. So he's like, I use Doge. It's really easy because it's on my phone. So in January, I bought a little bit and I'm like, OK, so I start paying them. Oh, my God. My kids are so rich now. They get like, <laughs> they're like no money, but it went like I don't even know what the life lesson so, is. So, <laughs> like, so they're rich on, on paper. Yeah, they're just loaded. Like so they're Musk. like selling me their coins back and like buying crap. <laughs> like what what happens you know I, anyway can, can you yeah, actually buy anything with this with this doge uh, cryptocurrency um no i don't know if you can buy anything with doge at the moment <laughs> See, that's the but... thing about crypto is is like if if you have to translate it into real dollars to buy anything um, yeah or and you're always measuring its value in dollars like what's, what's the point yeah but maybe that's oh, just me i don't know i i don't know there'll be crypto people yelling at, in the comment section oh i know about, i know and i'm sorry if i'm sorry i apologize it's not my thing i don't get it don't hate it's it's 
I'm old school, you know, <laughs> dollars and, and cents rule for me as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Even though Tesla allows you to, you know, pay for your car in the Bitcoin. I get it. That's fine. But yeah. um, anyways, that's just me. All right, uh, Earl, since you are a guest, you go first. What do you want to plug? Where can people find you? Yeah, so please, you know, check out my Twitter account at 28 Delays Later and my website, frunkpuppy.com, which also can link to my uh, YouTube channel where I put my FSD beta videos um, I, I do want to announce that tomorrow we'll have our vote. Well, on Friday, whenever this comes out, but yep. um, the uh, we have a Jaguar I Pace. Oh, tomorrow. nice! So Frunk Puppy Ooh. is um, you know uh, Frunk agnostic. So uh, we've EQs. had we've had <laughs> yeah. Isn't isn't it just Frunk gnostic? I would go with Frunk gnostic. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. We've had entries from we we've had the Taycan. We've had Bollinger uh, has won a bunch of times. The I Pace. Um, I'm probably forget. Oh, somebody won. They stuck a giant dog in a Nissan Leaf. So there's really, uh, it's it, all EVs are welcome, but it, we're just have you know, most it's people fun. buy Teslas. We just see a lot of those, but um, I'm very excited to have our first iPace tomorrow. I'm also in the process, hopefully it's done soon, of revamping my website. So what I want to do is link people to the website to vote where you actually see a giant picture because there's so many beautiful background pictures that mm -hmm. don't win because they look tiny on Twitter. Right, <laughs> right, right. Use that. And it's kind of heartbreaking to me. There's some really good photographers out there. So I'm hoping to move that over in, in the next month or two on Elon time, but um, that'll, that'll be coming down the road. But hey, just, yeah, thanks again for having me on. This has been a blast. No problem, buddy. I'll put a link in the video description and the podcast description so you guys want to check out his uh, Twitter account and his website. You can do that. All right, Ian, where can people find you? Well, on Twitter, it's at Ian Pavelko. You can also find me at Tesla Owners Online. The handle is Mad Hungarian, and you can private message me at either. The messaging is all open. If you have any questions or anything I can help with, always glad to. And if you are looking uh, for something in the Evolvewear line, you can find that um, usually pasted to the top of my Twitter account, or just go to Teespring, T-E-E Spring, all one word, dot com, and look up Mad Hungarian Evolvewear, and you will find that. And Trev is usually kind enough to put a link to that always. at the end of the show. And don't forget to check out Earl shirts. I mean, we're all, yeah, both yeah. Fred and I are wearing them. We're rocking the, front the, only one did it. the OG, the OG <laughs> front story shirt there. Uh, yeah, you got to get some of those. Awesome. Love <laughs> well, that leaves me. You can find me on Twitter. The handle's Tesla Owners Online. Check out our form at teslaownersonline.com. The best and the free place to be talking about Teslas. I want to say thank you to our sponsors, the guys at EvanX for Tesla Accessories and Fine Lab Ceramic Coatings. And uh, shout out to our Patreon sponsors. I know I don't do it enough for those guys, but uh, they get access to everything before everybody else. So if you're interested in that, you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com forward slash teslaownersonline. That's it for this week, and uh, we'll see you in the next one, guys. Thanks, Earl, for joining us again, and we'll see you all, guys, next time. See ya. Bonsoir, tout le monde. <laughs>